Praise the Lord from Pastor Strader at Lighthouse Church. Thanks for connecting with us through our podcast. Our prayer is that it's a blessing to you as we try to reach, equip, and mobilize Jesus' name disciples in Apache Junction, Arizona, and the surrounding region. Enjoy today's podcast and come back often. God bless you. We love you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you could stand with me and turn to the book of Numbers, chapter 13. Between reading Radically Apostolic by Brother Ramonette, if you're not reading that book, you're going to be hearing a lot about it. If you'd like to join in and read it, I would encourage everybody in the church to read it and uh, just join in with us. And I do believe it will bless your soul and it will fire you up and it will keep you on the same wavelength as what I, I know I'll probably be on and, and others are already on. And uh, I was talking to my mom today, and she said she was already on chapter 4. I was hyphen, or the hyphen, I'm not hyphen, but the hyphen, he's stepping up, I guess. <laughs> Praise God. We're just kind of taking our time and, you know, soaking it in. That's our excuse anyway. Praise God. We wanted to do it together, and we didn't want to make it too aggressive. But, man, she's plowing through it. And uh, But Radically Apostolic by Charles Ramonette. It's a $10 book on Audible. It's a $10 digital download if you don't have any if you have an iphone and you don't know how to get that talk to somebody that knows how to do it because uh, even if you don't have a physical copy but you can also order a physical copy on amazon amen but i believe that if we will just tune in to what uh, god is doing and saying and helping us i think it, it'll be good and uh, between that book and between men's conference this is what influences what i want to talk about tonight and uh, hopefully God's going to help us because I completely changed, or he completely changed what I told Brother John. I said, I completely changed the message. He said, you didn't do it. <laughs> he was right. God changed it completely. I've got a whole other message. Got a whole, we, we could talk about how to have great church. I got those notes ready. I don't have these notes ready, but God wants this. And so that's what we're going to do tonight. Amen. Numbers 13 and verse 30. I will say happy Mother's Day again to all of our mothers and, and those involved and all of our ladies. God bless you. And it was a joy to see my wife minister here today. Amen. She did a phenomenal job. And uh, it blessed me today because I was able to go with her as she ministered at Praise of Pentecost. And my mother came with us. That was great. My kids were with me. And it was just been a, it's been a busy day, but a good day. And they baptized somebody there this afternoon at Praise of Pentecost. They've been given Bible studies too. Love to see that. Amen. And then they're baptizing two more next week. Praise God. So they're just, they're, they're, they're being, making disciple makers and we love to see that. Amen. Amen. Numbers 13 and verse 30. And Caleb stealed the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men, everybody say the men. As my wife mentioned today, a lot of times when it talks about man, it's talking about mankind. Now, in this instance, it may mean just the men. I, I'm not sure, but I believe it means the army or those around them went up with him and said, We are not able to go up against the people 
for they are stronger than we. And they brought an evil report. I believe that when someone hears from God and it is confirmed that we ought to, and we know it is a word from God, that there needs to be an affirmation. There needs to be a, a yes from the church. There needs to be a let's take that mountain. Let's charge, not tomorrow, not next week, now. Amen. And so I want to talk a little bit about this charging hell with a squirt gun. Praise God. Charging hell with a squirt gun. Amen and amen. One more time, would you lift your hands and let's pray that God would help us tonight. Help me, God, Lord, to follow after your will and your anointing. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Talk to us tonight, God, I pray. Amen and amen. Give your hand, neighbor a hand five, a high five and say, let's charge hell. Even if it's with a squirt gun. Praise God. Praise God. I really do believe that Satan and his army are hard at work to destroy the church. I really do believe that the enemy is at work. Sadly, at times, more at work than the church to destroy our souls. Not because C.S. Lewis wrote a book, but I believe it, that the devil and his efforts, because it's in the Bible, the Bible talks about a real devil and his tactics saying finally my brother in ephesians six ten. i'm sorry sister angela I, I, there's a lot of scriptures i didn't give you that i'm covering because god's just dropping this in my spirit finally my brethren be strong in the lord and in the power of his might put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we wrestle not against flesh and blood But we wrestle against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Here we find Paul talks about powers and principalities and forces. He's talking about real things that exist with the only goal, the only goal being to destroy the church and to destroy every believer. In another New Testament book, Peter said it like this in 1 Peter 5 and verse 8. To He commanded the church. He was instructing the church. He's instructing us today. And I hope that the church would hear the words of the man of God. To be sober, be vigilant. 
because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He is seeking for someone to devour. He's seeking for someone to destroy. And I don't think they show this on National Geographic or any magazine, but can you imagine what a lion could do to a human being? Could you imagine the destruction of a human being by a fully grown lion? This is the imagery that Peter is giving to Christians, warning them of the destruction that can be caused in their lives by the evil one's purposeful destruction as a matter of fact. You see, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when he will devour someone. And I can tell you that this working is in, it's happening amongst this body right here. And you ask, well, why is that so? And it's because we are on hell's radar. And any church that is on the radar of hell is a church that is fighting principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and spiritual wickedness in high places. I said it a couple days ago, I'll say it again. We need to be comfortable and familiar with fighting spiritual warfare. And the more that we fight in this realm of spiritual warfare, the more that we fight not with our hands, not with our voices, not with our physical weapons or any physical attribute, but the more that we fight in the spirit, the more tuned, the more uh, physically uh, and spiritually, if you will, uh, uh, conditioned we will get to spiritual warfare. What I mean is we need to get to a position where we can fight without knowing that we're fighting. We need to learn how to fight spiritual warfare without feeling that we're fighting spiritual warfare in the sense that it drains us, in the sense that it weakens us, in the sense that it tears us down, in the sense that it ruins and kills our enthusiasm and kills our outlook and kills our mindset. I can tell you tonight, I've received even some in details today, this very day as I woke up, that could discourage me that could maybe change my mindset and I could tell you I would love for this church tonight to be filled and and I could choose to make that to be a discouraging uh, statement it could be discouraging that our uh, the baptism of the waters of baptism haven't been troubled in a while but I've got to tell you I can either either wallow in the ideas of, of of looking at the situation and thinking my god what's going on or I can bear down into spiritual warfare and I can say this means war we can get the attitude and the spirit of of Caleb as he stilled the people and saying let us go up at once let us go pray now let us worship now let us pray now let us take the mountain now we, we let, let's get the bible study going now oh but we got we learned this we don't have that but we need to take it now 
Hallelujah. I've come to tell you we are not waiting for hell to charge the church, but that we the, our world is waiting for the church to charge after hell. I got to tell you, it is not the will of God for the church to stand in a defensive mode, just waiting to fight off devils as they attack, but it is the will of God that He that we rise up as children of God, as sons and daughters of God and we take on the spiritual authority that God has given us and we reach outside of these four walls and we fight hell. We fight the spirits of darkness. We fight the spirit of wickedness. We fight principalities. We go out where we need to go. We go to the grocery store and we got our armor on and we got our weapon with us. He's rising up a church. He's rising up his church that will not stand idly by waiting to fight hell. But he's looking for a church. He's looking for a people, few as they may be, that will be willing to stand up and say, I'm about to charge the gates of hell. Let's lift our hands right now in our voices toward heaven. We need to get the mentality when we learn of things and when we hear of things and when we see things that we're not happy with or that is dissatisfactory or, or not, not dissatisfactory in God, but dissatisfactory in what we're doing or what, or what we're physically seeing. We need to get this sense of a, of a, of a spirit that says and looks the situation right in the eyes and say this means war. I, I know not everybody likes war and I know nobody really likes to fight. Nobody likes it because I'm going to tell you when you're in war, you feel a bit drained. Brother Francisco was telling us that war is actually boring. When he went to war, he's like, man, it's actually kind of boring because you're just kind of waiting on things. But I've come to tell you the war that we're in, it is not one that you just sit idly by and kind of wait for, for your, for what you're supposed to do. But God has already given us clear directives. He's already given us clear directions. We already have whatever you brethren were talking about. We've already got our map. We've already got our marching orders. We've already got our mission. We've already got what God expects us to do, but he's waiting for some apostolics that will respond radically to this time that we are in and say, you know what? There may not be other people with us, but those that be with us, we can take this mountain. Let us go up at once and possess it. We need to get a mentality. There are so, there's something worth fighting for. There is something worth dying for. There is something worth sacrificing for. If you don't have that mentality, friend, you will soon be the one by the wayside because you truly don't have the purpose and the mission of Christ. But I've come to tell you as those people begin to fall off and we see people backslide, we see people just kind of giving in to liberal views of 
of Christianity and, and we get, we see people straying away from holiness and separation unto the, unto the world and to the, unto God. We see all these things happening among our world. We see perversion rampant. I mean, we couldn't, you couldn't look left or right at our, our, the, the, the restaurant the other night and you see a homosexual here. You see a homosexual there. And I've come to tell you that's the world that we're living in. It is not time for us as Lighthouse Church to sit idly by. I've come to preach to you, not to, not to slap you around or to beat you around, but to encourage you. Don't be weary in well-doing. Come on. We're still fighting a fight. We're still fighting a fight that's worth dying for. We're still fighting a fight that's worth fighting for. We're still fighting. We may be fighting, but friend of mine, renew your strength in the Lord. Renew your strength in the Lord. I'm fully convinced. I know that there are needs in this building. I know there are financial needs in this building. I know there are things, that, physical needs in this building and in this body of Christ. I know. I know of a lot of needs and I, what I'm afraid of is the things that I don't know that you have need of. But I've come to tell you, if we will partner with God and connect with Him in the kingdom of the Lord and we'll get the mentality that this is worth fighting for my, my babies are worth fighting for these children that are up here praying they're worth they're worth fighting for if we'll keep that mentality friend I've come to tell you God's about to give you a job that you never even prayed for God's about to give you finances that you didn't ask for you were too busy asking for revival you were too busy asking for souls you were too busy praying for your kids but because you partner with God God's about to pour out a blessing that you can't even contain Come on, somebody. This is worth fighting for. This is worth fighting for. Matthew tells us, and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. How does the gates of hell not prevail against the church? Well, that could, we could go a lot of different ways, but just hang with me tonight. I'm going to tell you how the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church because there's a church here. There's, I'm not just talking about our church, but the church of the living God that says, you know what? We may be few in number. We may be weak in, 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 in the eyes of the world. We may not have it all together, but the gates of hell will not prevail. Come on, man. There's got to be a man here that says as long as I got air in these lungs, as long as I got strength in this in these, this body, I will rejoice. I will shout. I will fast. I will pray. I will fight the good fight of faith. Come on, young ladies. Come on, all of our ladies. Let me tell you, don't be weary in well-doing. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep pushing. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church because God's got a church. God's got a church here that he knows is praying, that he knows wants to see souls saved. When Jonathan and his armor bearer went up to battle the Philistines, it was physically impossible. 
for two men to defeat an entire garrison. The Philistines garrison was a fortified military occupation force. It is estimated that 40,000 troops and 6,000 horsemen made up a Philistines garrison. From, From a strategy perspective, the plan was suicidal at best. Two against 46,000 is not courage. Brother Ramonet says, it's crazy. (laughs) I'm going to say it again. Two against 46,000 is not courage. It's crazy. But God loves those kinds of odds. I said, God likes those kinds of odds. God likes those kinds of, God loves to remove any possibility of anyone stealing his glory. God loves positioning his people to be totally dependent upon him for their victory. God specializes in the weak things of this world and he uses those things to confound the wise. I've come to tell you, even if you bring a squirt gun to charge hell I've come to tell you that when you've got God when you've got all of heaven behind you when you, I don't care what you bring to the battlefield if you bring a squirt gun and we're charging hell Sister Little Galbo, I've come to tell you when you've got God anything is possible allow me to show you A physical representation of what I'm preaching about tonight. Weighing it and under an ounce. Let me present the weapon of choice today. It's an easily breakable plastic casing. It costs 50 cents. It has a two inch, not even a two inch barrel. Adrian, Anthony. It's kid-friendly. You can easily remove the description says the small cap for I put this in slow and ineffective refilling of more water for your ammo. It comes in a wide ranges of colors which does absolutely nothing for its effectiveness. At just a four foot shooting range or five foot, brother John, I don't know. Maybe a six foot, I don't know. At just a short shooting range, it renders absolutely useless in defending yourself until your enemy reaches you within arm's reach. But once they are in range, your enemy is bound to feel the little drip. Come on, it's just a little water, folks. Just calm down. You're going to be okay. Brother Wiseman, you're in for it, brother. You're bound to feel just a tad little bit of water. And guess what? It has a full 10 pumps of ammo before you need more. Just take a look with me. At 2 Chronicles 13, Abiah the king of Judah, the great 
grandson of King David was outnumbered two to one when he held his army against the king of Israel, Jeroboam. Can you imagine standing alongside King Abiah and realizing that there were two enemy soldiers ready to fight against each one of your fighting men? To take matters worse, King Jeroboam also sent troops behind Abiah's army to ambush any of his soldiers that might flee like cowards from the battle. But let me tell you, God loves to allow the enemy to feel secure and overconfident. Somebody needs to hear me today. God also loves it when his people are completely dependent upon him. It's often a bit hilarious. I realized that you laughed, and so did I, when the thought entered into my mind. As Brother Gleason, he just used the phrase, uh, sometimes he, when he gets a, an ump to do something, he's going to charge hell with a squirt gun. So I realized it's a little bit funny, but God embodies the squirt gun charging hell. <laughs> if you'll just kind of bear with me. This is the weapon of choice when, when you come to God. Oh, you want a weapon? Here. Oh, oh, you want something that's really effective? Okay, you want, a, you want something? Here, I'll give you something. I'll give you a man. But they got two. I'll give you one. It's in those moments of certain defeat, God does his best work on behalf of his people. But wait till the end of the story in 2 Chronicles 13. And when Judah looked back, behold, the battle was before and behind. And they cried unto the Lord. Don't ever underestimate crying unto the Lord. That's why when we get in here, it's important that we worship like you did tonight. And the priest sounded the trumpets. Then the men of Judah gave a shout. And as the men of Judah shouted, it came to pass that God smote Jeroboam and all of Israel before Abijah and Judah. And the children of Israel fled before Judah and God delivered them into their hand. And Abijah and his people showed forth them a great slaughter with a squirt gun, if you will, a great slaughter. So there fell down slain of Israel, 500,000 men. Thus the children of Israel were brought under at that time and the children of Judah prevailed because they rallied not upon what they know not upon what's dependent on this world not what they can see with their physical eyes but because they relied upon the Lord God of their fathers I've got to, I've got to preach to somebody today I know it may seem like we're small in number it may seem like you've only got a squirt gun into a charging hell but friend of mine I'd rather have this small squirt gun charging the gates of hell with God on my back than to go to hell without God. I've come to preach to this church. Don't underestimate the power of your worship. Don't ever underestimate the power of your prayer. Come on, somebody. That's why I preach so hard. When the worship's starting, you ought to get up on your feet and worship God. When we have prayer, you ought to pray. Why? Because it may be a squirt gun in the eyes of the enemy. But friend, what the enemy doesn't see is the supernatural. He doesn't see the supernatural. 
He sees a church at 624 South Tomahawk Road. He sees you and me and he begins to laugh. But friend of mine, you hear me tonight. He may be laughing now, but let me tell you, on the other side of the battle, we've got our hands lifted, magnifying God in victory. It's just a squirt gun in comparison to the physical war that this enemy tries to attack us with. I was talking to mom and my wife in the car this afternoon. Brother Doug Morgan was teaching or talking about his struggle with depression. And he said that one night he physically, spiritually met Satan face to face. And that's when he started battling with the spirit of depression. And he began to tell his story, his testimony. He said, I expected when I saw Satan to be fearful, but I was not. I mean, this is Doug, this is, it's not Doug Morgan, it's Mark Morgan. Mark Morgan. I'm talking about a mighty man of God. I mean, this is not just your, he didn't just start, he didn't just serve God yesterday. This is a man that's preached conferences. And not that it really means anything. I'm just telling you that he, this isn't his first rally. This isn't his first fight. He said, I thought I'd be fighting. I would be encompassed around with fear, but it was not there. He said, I thought that I would experience uh, 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 any types of sin, of lust, or, or, or do you think, no, it wasn't that. He said, when that spirit, when, I, when Satan came into my room, what I felt was hopelessness. Hopelessness. He said, I felt hopelessness sweep over me from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. This is what drives people to do things to end their life is because there's a spirit of hopelessness from the top of their head to the sole of their feet. And let me tell you, I don't care what anybody says, but it is a spiritual element at war. I realize there are some physical elements at play as well, but you hear me. This spirit of depression is just that. It is a spirit. That overtakes. He said he felt hopelessness, hopelessness from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. He was here, he was a preacher, had a, had a great ministry, had a great home, had a great wife, had children, had a great church. I mean, he's doing great things. I mean, people are receiving, uh, people are receiving, uh, re, re, uh, the Holy Ghost. He had just came from a crusade where thousands of thousands of people received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I mean, God's moving, but here he is sitting in this room and he has no hope. It's hopelessness, hopelessness. And that is exactly what the enemy tries to attack with the children of God with is hopelessness. And let me tell you why he attacks with hopelessness, because that is what he battles every single day because he has no hope. He has no future. And so he wants you to feel the exact same way he feels. He wants to put on you what is on him so that you can share in his hopelessness. But I've come to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost, I don't know who I'm talking to, didn't plan on 
talking about it. I don't know what you've been battling. I don't know what you've been facing. I don't know what spirit of depression. I don't know what spirit of anxiety that's on you. But there is no spirit. You hear me, devil. There is no spirit that God cannot overcome. That God has not already overcome. The battle's already been won. And I rebuke that spirit from this sanctuary. I rebuke it from the fold of God. Of Lighthouse Church. In the name of Jesus. And never return unto those hearts. And never return to those people ever again. In the name of Jesus. You thought I had a squirt gun. But I bring all of heaven with me tonight. And the power of the name of Jesus. From chapter 6 of the book of Judges. Gideon is called upon to save the people of Israel by leading them against the Midianites. Although at first Gideon doubts his ability to do what God has asked him to do, he is heartened that God will be with him in this mission. The first task he is commanded is to fulfill is destroying the altar of Baal that the Israelites have constructed, evidence of their apostasy. And seeking reassurance from the Lord, Gideon requests proof of God's promise to save Israel using a fleece. Encouraged by the acts of God, Gideon and his men then travel near the camp of Midian and prepare for battle. Brother John, if you come up here, and I need another. Brother Gissel, you're standing, you come on up here. Here you go, Gideon. That's what I'm giving you. Go ahead, brother. You already got one. He'd come packing tonight. <laughs> y'all just come on up here and stand right here in front. Y'all, y'all aren't against each other. You face them, you're together. John's come ready to, man, he's coming to fight. Good night, man. He come up with shoulders squared, ready to go, bro. You're, you're in trouble. And let me just establish, your weapon's got a little less than his does now. Here in Judges 7 and verse 2. I knew this would be a great picture moment. (laughs) And the Lord said unto Gideon. I need one more person to come. One more. Come on, James. It's all right. Come on up here, buddy. Stand right there beside your dad. Man, he's excited to go to war. He said the people... The people that are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Okay, I'm moved in the Holy Ghost right now. Because there's somebody that you feel so alone. You feel so alone. But God has purposely pushed people away from helping you directly because he's trying to create dependency upon him and him alone. He said, the people are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vault themselves against me, saying, my own hand hath saved me. Because this is exactly what humanity does, Brother Caldwell. 
is when we get enough people, we get enough intelligence, we get enough talent, we get enough ability, we get another another building, we get we we we, we get these these this idea that this is what we need. We're ready to fight. God says, if I let you win, you'll take all the credit. God's telling Gideon, if you take this big army with you, you will say that you did this by your own hand or your own power. You may assume it was by your own might that you accomplished this great victory. So God instructs Gideon to tell everyone who is fearful to go home. He says, if you're fearful, go home. God instructs him that the army that Gideon commanded instantly shrinks by 23,000 soldiers. Brother Gissel, you can have a seat. He's fearful and afraid. I mean, by the, I mean, let's not judge him too harshly. He only has a squirt gun. Come on, bear with me tonight. Let's not judge him too harshly. All he's got is just this peasly plastic piece of junk that after I give it to my son after service, it'll be destroyed by tomorrow. That's right. Come on, it's it's not going to last. It's really nothing. But it's too great. It's too strong. If you were Gideon, you would be uncomfortable and probably question whether the career change made sense to you. You are not a general. You're not a soldier. You don't even have any combat training. You lose 22,000 soldiers on your first day as the general of God's army, and you have not even fought a battle yet. With only 10,000 fighting men left, you wipe the sweat from your forehead and you move forward. And just when you begin to feel uh, matters will be all right, God speaks again and declares that there are still too many people in your army. He said, two squirt guns is too much. God tells you to take the fighting men you have left and to go down into the water so that he can help you send some more people home. And so God sends 9,700 more fighting men home from the water's edge. Now Gideon has lost over 30,000 soldiers before fighting any battle, and he is left with 300 men. Brother James, you can have a seat. 300 men remain. 300. Then God says, by the 300 men that lapped, will I save you and deliver the Midianites into thy hand. This was definitely not what Gideon wanted to hear. He didn't want to hear that, oh, you know, Lighthouse Church, you're looking at the warriors. You're looking at the people that's going to take on the city. You're looking at the people that's going to take on the region. Oh, but God, we're just 300 men against such a great host of armies. But I've come to tell you tonight, church, even if you got a squirt gun, if it's, a, if it's something from God, if God has given it to you, it may be only 300 men and women or whatever it is. It may only be 60 or 70 or 100, but I've come to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost, as long as you keep Jesus, as long as you keep God, and you seek first the kingdom of the Lord, I've come to tell you in the Holy Ghost, you are going to win. 
Amen. I've come to proclaim that we will see the souls that God has promised. I want you to take note of the size of the army that Gideon and the 300 men are supposed to be facing off against. Here you got, he got Brother John representing the 300 men and the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the least lay along the valley like grasshoppers for multitude and their camels without number and the sand by the seaside with for multitude. Do you hear me today? This was not just some small army. This wasn't just something small to take care of. But friend, uh, this was a great host of an army. To be compared to the sand by the sea, this is a great huge army. And here Gideon marches in with only 300 men. But do you see a pattern? Uh, You know what I'm talking about. You know these stories. uh, But these are the kinds of odds uh, that God likes. Uh, These are the odds where the glory and the splendor of the King of Kings uh, and the Lord of uh, Lords is all in full display. Uh, And Judges 7 and 20. uh, And the three companies blew the trumpets uh, and break the pitchers uh, and held the lamps in their left hands uh, and the trumpet in their right hands uh, to blow with all. And they cried cried oh there's that word again they cried I'm talking about God seeking a church that just doesn't sit idly by you may have a squirt gun in your hand but friend that's not that was never the the, the weapon for choice anyway he's looking for a church that will worship that will cry Oh, oh, come on, help me preach today. He's looking for a church that will shout hallelujah. Oh, he's looking for a church that will pray without ceasing. He's looking for a daddy that will continue to be the priest in your homes without ceasing. Oh, I got to talk to all the young people and all the children. I know there's some of them are playing because they're three, four, five. I get it. But you hear me, young people. You hear me, hyphen. You hear me, uh, children. Everybody under the sound of my voice, you hear me today. It may seem like you're few in number, but I've come to tell you under the unction of the Holy Ghost, even if there be only 3,000 against the whole host of an army, we can still charge hell with just a squirt gun as long as we got Jesus as long as we got prayer as long as we got worship Lexi as long as we got as long as we got the weapons of his warfare you're going to be seated brother thank you these are the odds that God specializes in And they began to cry the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. They stood every man in his place round about the camp. And all the hosts, you hear that? All of the hosts ran and cried and fled. And 300 blew the trumpets. And the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow, even throughout all the hosts. And the host fled. You hear that? The host fled. I'm telling this church, the enemy is about to flee in the name of Jesus. 
Ah, but we got we to march right now. We got to march and we got to charge hell. We got to look Hollywood in the eye and we got to say, not my home, not my babies, not my kids, not my wife. I'm telling somebody, you need to put aside the worldly entertainment that you're allowing into your home and into your heart. And you need to march hell like a true Christian. How do we expect to charge hell when we're entertaining hell within our homes? How can we expect to fight someone that we have, they have an open door to our front door of our home, of our heart? Let me tell you the answer to that question. You can't. You will never defeat an enemy that you allow into your front door. That's common sense. I don't care how big or great you are or how much you can handle the worldly entertainment. But I've come to tell somebody, you need to cancel the subscription because it's taken too much of your time. It's taken too much of your energy. You're putting stuff, you're feeding into your spirit things that should never be fed into your spirit. Why? Because we're fighting hell tonight and he's looking for a church. Few as we may be, but we're going to be apostolic. We're going to be oneness. We're going to teach baptism in Jesus name. Holy Ghost and filling. We're going to preach separation unto the Lord. We're going to preach that men need to look like men and women need to look like women. I've come to tell why? Because we're charging hell. Not with weapons of this world, but with weapons of the warfare of heaven. The problem is is that we're spending too much time fighting hell in here and we're not fighting hell out there. Hear me tonight. I'm not trying to, I'm just preaching what's on my heart tonight. But we cannot win this war. We cannot win hell if we continue to entertain the spirits of this world in our hearts and in our families. You need to turn it off. You need to turn it off. And if you can't turn it off, you need to get it out of your home completely. If you have no self-control over your cell phone or your iPad, I don't know, care what it is. It may be a screen. It may be any type of screen, small or large. I don't care if it's 10 inches big or 50 inches big. You hear me tonight. This is not popular preaching, but I've come to tell you, we got hell to fight. And we don't have time to allow the things of this world into the church of the living God. We've got to be separated. Unto the Lord. Come on, let's stand right now with me. Stand with me. Lift your hands. Come on, we can't listen to that junk any longer. You need to cancel that music that you've been listening to. You need to stop listening to that trash because you're entertaining the very spirits that you walk into this building to try to fight. And God's saying, you'll never win. Yes,
Come on, let's go up at once. Come on, there. we don't need any naysayers that say we cannot take it. Uh, we, 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 we can take it. We can do this. Uh, we can win our whole city. Uh, we can win this region. Uh, come on. Uh, I know that's big thinking. Uh, that's mind-blowing thinking. Uh, but I'm telling you, God desires to give this church uh, at least a thousand-soul revival. I'm telling you, uh, it's already done in the Spirit. But He needs a church uh, that will be willing to put aside some of the things of this world. I'm going to give a word of warning tonight. But if you are, if you're charging hell with a squirt gun, if you're charging hell with the weapons of what heaven has, but you're entertaining things of this world, I'm sending a word of warning to you tonight. You're fighting a losing battle personally. God cannot stand for you. He cannot fight for you. You can't be 80% and 20% out. This isn't a, this isn't a middle of the road. This isn't in the middle of the fence. This is not. We got to be all in. And I'm not saying that we're perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm an imperfect person, and I'm preaching to imperfect people. We would all agree. I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm talking about striving for that place of perfection, for desiring that place of perfection. I can't remember the story exactly. It's in my notes somewhere. But I heard the story. Maybe Brother Francisco, I think it was you that told me this. So maybe you should come tell it. But he said that there was... Two people that was on the fence. And you say it, brother. You, you know what I'm talking about? Come on, let's close our eyes. Let's lift our hands. Somebody needs to hear that right now. Come on, church. We're going to be victorious. This is a victorious church. This is a victorious church. Your family is a victorious family in the kingdom of God. But church, we got to make sure that we set up the guardrails in our home and of our in, in the vessel of our hearts tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, there's spirits of perversion. Hallelujah, that you're entertaining on your cell phones and on your devices. And you need to cut that trash out right now. You need to make up your mind. I'm not watching that junk any longer because I'm fighting. I'm charging hell. i I, I got to fight with the weapons of of spiritual warfare. Come on, church, let's pray. Let's begin to pray and intercede in the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's partner up with, the, with heaven. Let's partner with the kingdom harvest right now. Hallelujah. Come on, we're not praying for anything that we, that we need. We're praying for souls. We're praying for harvest. And then God's going to give us stuff that we didn't even pray for. I don't know who told you that the weapon that you have is useless and not powerful enough, but Anthony, it's in you. You got the power to tread on serpents. Come on, you got the power of the Holy Ghost in you to overcome the spirit of wickedness. Hallelujah!
Come on, church. You've got the power to reach your family. You've got the power to reach your friends.